Welcome back to the Hoops Temple podcast. Y'all know me, Nathan Schwartz. Before we get started with today's pod, I do just want to take a moment and acknowledge that my alma mater, Michigan State University, was recently the victim of a mass shooting. We have had over 80 mass shootings in the U.S. since the start of the year. It is time for change, and this change needs to happen on a federal level. We are too close to Indiana, where state gun laws are almost non-existent. You can purchase a firearm super easily there. Changing Michigan laws will do nothing. Outside of the MSU shooting, there have been two other shootings in my neighborhood. One right where I walk my dog every day. The other one at my my wife's favorite brunch spot. Neither of these are bad areas, but the U.S. has a major gun problem. I'm not going to bore you all with my politics, with everything that I think we need to do, but please contact your senators, contact your local leaders, representatives, demand a change. Action has to start now. Thank you. I hope you guys enjoy the rest of the pod. I'll go ahead and bring in our co-host here, joining us from New Zealand. Hello, hello. And joining us from Sacramento, or the Sacramento adjacent area. Aaron Schroeder. Afternoon, guys. Guys, we're in the midst of the All-Star weekend. We're recording this an hour and 15 minutes before the All-Star draft, so we're going to try to be quick so we can all go watch the game. What have you guys enjoyed the most? We've had Rising Stars, we've had the Celebrity All-Star game, and we've had uh, the Skills Challenges. I have never watched a Celebrity All-Star game, and I will die. (laughs) That same sentiment. But guys, it's the dunk contest. It was one of the best dunk contests in recent memory. Like, the dunk contest has life again after years of just of posed changes and eliminations of that of that contest mac mcclung was awesome yeah i mean you've never seen a celebrity all-star game so you don't know the legend of former secretary of education arnie duncan absolutely um schooling these dudes but yeah like the dunk contest was exciting again and there's always sort of been that trade-off to make it most interesting of do you bring in just the guys that are best at dunking and then like risk like jeremy evans winning the dunk contest or do you try to get maybe better known names they hit (laughs) definitely towards more of the former side by bringing in a guy who's i mean hardly in the nba but man like like aaron just said one of the best shows that we've seen in in quite a while i'm super disappointed in jericho sims that's what I was going to say. Both of his dunks could have been so good. Like the double elbow in. I, one, I don't think my shoulders actually can do that range of motion. Like I'm pretty <laughs> sure they just snap. Like just just try to try to mimic this on ground. Doesn't work. So I, I was like really in, but he has to like kind of pull himself up at the end. Not, not a fan. And the armpit hang, that would have been really cool, but it kind of looked like he grabbed the net and pulled himself up when he's trying to grab for the letter. And I was just like, man, just... Just armpit hang it. Like, that's that's all you need to do, and that would have been a 50. That was such a hard watch, that second dunk. He goes up there, sticks his arm in the rim, again, grabs this note, and, and as a person who really struggles to open envelopes, the first thing I thought was, he's going to tear that piece of paper. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's no way he's opening that sticker, because that's what I do. I just bust it open. I can't I can't get past it. And sure just- enough, he ripped his 50 note in half, and, and he kind of sheepishly showed it to the, the TV, and I just, I couldn't handle it. Do you think it would have been a better dunk if he went up there with a letter opener? He is, it's like 6'10 with a 50-inch vertical, and he just did the same dunk twice. I don't think you can go up there with a letter opener. That that does not feel safe. <laughs> feels like a bad plan. I also really appreciate 
Carl Malone in the dunk contest. And I, I know all of the smart money would have been to say, don't invite Carl Malone. Avoid it. We all know what he's done. We, no one wants him there. Listen, if, if you're just a basketball fan and you don't know what he, he's done out, off the court, you still don't want him there. No one likes Carl Malone as a person, as a player. And then he gets the dunk contest and people like were giving, you know, dunkers 48s, 49s. And he's like, ah, 44. And I'm like, my guy, just be under the radar. Don't do anything. But no, you are making yourself a story. Why? I, I loved that so much. I had always said in recent years that the, the 1 to 10 scale for the dunk contest was so stupid because a good dunk was a 9 and a great dunk was a 10. And that's, if you give someone an 8, you hated their guts and you're pissing on their grave. But to go 1 through 50, it allows that flexibility of actual score different, uh, differentials. I thought Carl Malone was both the most jacked, like, 6-year-old I've ever seen. He was, like, bursting out of his shirt. But he was, he was a solid judge, and I agree with Nate. Horrible person. He knows how to judge a, a dunk contest. We'll also say, I'm not as big a fan of Mac McClung's dunks. Oh, what? Interesting. I think I'm like the, the only person that's out here kind of saying it, but I mean, the, the double clutch one, eh, I mean, it, if he had really brought it up and brought it back down like twice, but it was like a little elbow flexion. It's like, <laughs> listen, if... If you saw someone in the gym call that two reps, you'd be like, no, 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 my guy. <laughs> That's bullshit. It's that they were so smooth. They were so smooth, though, and just the athleticism, and he did every single one on the first try. The first That's, try was great. Yeah. That's what was so impressive, is he just he knew how to do them. Um, he's not like Birdman, like 2007 or whatever that was, where he tries the same dunk 40 times. There was an app when I was, like, 10, and it was just on, I had, like, an iPod, and it was just every single NBA dunk contest in its entirety. Certainly illegal, but I did have that app for, like, a good year or so. Um, the yeah. greatest app ever. I, it, like, down back to, like, the very first one in the ABA, and so um, I have some prior dunk contest knowledge, and, and I thought McClung's <laughs> dunk were, were pretty good. Although I do think Trey Murphy, the third, did he try to do the Vince Carter Windmill 360. I think they should make a rule where if you try to do that, try to do that in the dunk contest, the back basketball explodes and kills you. Because I refuse <laughs> to see that ever again. You can't. No one can recreate that. That Vince Carter dunk. It's not about the move. It's like the technique and athleticism. And he like seems to do everything to the the, the max range of motion. Every single person who's seen that dunk, when the first time they saw that, they're like jumping around their house doing spins and flailing their arms around trying to recreate that motion. It just can't be done again. I really enjoyed his kind of fake out, the Jose Alvarado coming out. Like, Matt McClung deserved to win it. It's fine. I, I don't think it's this incredibly historic. The 540 was great, but like, I don't know. What, what were his other dunks? He jumped over the guy and touched it to the, the backboard. Yeah. It's hard. Okay. No, here's the thing. Don't have two people. I have no idea what the height thing of that was. Because that first guy was like wide-legged, low-crouch stance. And then you got another guy's torso and head bent. Like, just just bring Dwight Howard out there. Two people Someone's more tall's... than one, Nate. Two people more than one. Answer yeah. the question. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's another person. Yeah, but like, when he was standing next to them, they were barely taller than him. And then the other guy crouched lower. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that you're jumping over a guy my height at, at this point. It's just two people instead of one pe person. He also could have just bolt them over. I think that's the added risk. Is two people stacked on top of each other infinitely more unstable than one guy standing up straight. Listen, I want 
a giant furry blue mascot on a hoverboard okay. out there or else it doesn't <laughs> <don't> care. <laughs> I did also really enjoy the fact that there weren't as gimmicky of props. Like they brought out people, they brought out that one ball, but like, do you guys remember John or Collins jumping over the oh, airplane yeah. and the Tuskegee Airmen that, that would just like, he destroyed his model airplane. I'm, I'm glad we didn't have that bad propage. I felt like the pacing was really good. Just they yeah. just dunked it, and then like the next dunk happened. Yeah. Well, when you don't miss for two straight minutes, that that tends to happen. Hmm. Was it Aaron Gordon that brought out a whole choir to sing while he um dunked it? Oh, uh, was that Donovan Mitchell? Someone did that. Someone did do that. The one dunk that I wish it, it's either a dunk or an entire event. They should have Dwight Howard did the twelve foot rim dunked on that. They should have that be like a competition. They just keep raising the rip. Just <laughs> see who the last midges go. Can't do it. You're out. Next guy. Like, who's the last guy that can dunk on a 14 and a half foot rim? Why Howard tried to get them to raise the rim? And they ended up bringing out like a second backboard. And they're like, we can put that one higher, but we can't adjust this NBA one. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I thought it was that. I thought that was a great dunk by Howard. Yeah. I would love to see someone grab the top of the backboard. That's that's what I'm waiting for is someone to just run out, just grab the top of the backboard and kind of like look over and then with the other hand, just put the ball in like, oh my God, yeah, it's going to happen one of these days. And if you can get your armpit in there, I think you can grab the top of the backboard. I think that would be just super cool to kind of hang there and like, just, just wait, don't, don't even put the ball in right away. Just pause and, and smile. I think Jericho Sims should have did the, the elbow one and then just crawled through the rim. <laughs> just, <laughs> and then just, I don't know, maybe nothing underneath that, but he should have just, just gone head first all the way through, just awkwardly fall on, on the on the hardwood. Just wormed his way up. That's a 50. If you can you can just dive through the entire if you jump, rim. If you, you don't even let go of the ball, you just grab the ball and bring it with you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, aside from the dunk contest... Thoughts on three-point shooting or skills challenge? I know, Aaron, you hate the skills challenge. I love the skills challenge. It's crazy they canceled a three-point shootout, and they just gave the trophy to Kevin Herter. They didn't even happen. They were just like, he's the best three-point shooter here. He's the trophy. He didn't get outscored by Julius Randle. <laughs> How absurd it is, is it that Julius Randle was in the three-point shooting so contest? so absurd. Because Grimes was there. Grimes balled out in the rookies or the, the Rising Stars game. There was no reason why you didn't just have Grimes do it. Like, hey, I get it. The last uh, was Anthony Simons pulled out last minute. You needed to get someone that was already here for this weekend. You had better people that were here. You had a lot of them. Jordan Clarkson, just put him in it. They should have the three-point contest and the anti-three-point contest where it's like Montrez Harrell, <laughs> yeah. Mason Mason Plumley. <laughs> only guys who haven't made a single three-pointer that year are allowed to participate. Boban. Boban. Boban is, I went to a Rockets game or a Kings Rockets game and he was warming up a three-pointer, so he can shoot them. <laughs> I mean, Aiton warms up with a half-court shot. I really enjoyed the rookie sophomore game, or Rising Stars game this year. I do wish the, the third game... They would play to a higher score than 25. Like, I wish we'd go like 40, 40, 60 or something because that last game was actually fairly competitive and good. Uh, Jose Alvarado being a pest. Also, him being on the microphone, I just found that hilarious. I went and rewatched that whole segment of him like actively talking and I thought it was great. That should happen every game. And he only um, said one expletive word. I did watch it the next day on replay. I think he said more than one. Okay. Because <laughs> they, they mute him at multiple points. Nice. <laughs> um, 
Inclu- including at one point where they're like, that was just the greatest moment in broadcast history. And I'm like, what was the greatest moment? Yeah. He's very clearly cutting. Yeah. And you hear him start to say something like, man, I, I want to know. Yeah. I wish I'd watched it live. I sort of came in and out of that game. So I didn't know like what the gimmick was. Like I could hear someone's voice and I was like, what is, what is this? Is like someone mic'd up and I just hear, oh shit. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> the, the new format or maybe it was just Jose Alvarado, but like this was by far the best Rising Stars game that I've seen. Like it's normally like the worst part of All Star Weekend. Like these guys just go out there and they do not give a fuck at all. Like it's just open, boring ass dunks. No one wants to be there. Big men shooting threes that aren't allowed to shoot threes on their normal team. But, like they actually played hard and Quinton Grimes was awesome. And then Jose came in and clamped him and made the game winner. Like that was such a great such a great game. It was actually interesting for the first time in Rising Stars history. Scotty Barnes had a really nice his dunk in there as well. And like, I think we might be too harsh on Scotty Barnes right now. Yeah, he's having kind of a sophomore slump, but he showed some really nice moments in there playing against the other guys of his age that still still tells me that he's got a lot of star potential left. I also loved uh, the Joakim Noah versus Jason Terry team game. They always put someone really good on Scoot. Like, Scoot had a bad game, but part of that was the fact that he was getting guarded by Scotty Barnes or Jeremy Sohan, and then when he'd, like, go around them or get by them, then it was, like, Evan Mobley right there. <laughs> like, it gave me some of the Jordan Pippen going against Tony Kukoc in the Olympics of, like, we just want to make sure that this guy knows. Like, we're good at this. And, you know, I, I don't blame his struggles as much after having watched the game. I missed their shot of having Webanyama in the amazing skills. They just brought him over. Webanyama oh, yeah. team. Oh, yeah. Like the French teams. And how many French players? Nick Batum? Nick Batum's still playing. Him and uh, Tony Parker. Killian Hayes. Teo Maladon. Yeah. Team France. There was like a USA versus world for a while. There was. I'm still waiting for them to do that for the All-Star game. Yeah, this at this point, I mean, it's yeah, close. especially with like conferences being more and more irrelevant. Yeah, like why we're we still picking some players from each conference. There has to be a better format, and maybe that's it. I had suggested a saw trap based skills challenge idea to my dad, and he did not laugh. We were watching; <laughs> it's <was> very awkward. <laughs> well, since we haven't seen the All Star Game yet, but anybody <laughs> listening to this will have seen it. Do you have any predictions on who will be the last non-starter drafted? Harden's out of the out of the equation. Usually, it's him. Yeah. Him and Gobert didn't make it, yeah. right? No, Harden wasn't even a replacement, was it? Just to make just to make sure, because Jalen Brown's actually playing. Yes, Jalen Brown okay. is actually playing. I mean, they normally hate big men, so maybe it's just a center. It's Sabonis. Yeah, yeah. They're Sabonis. not taking that. They're not taking that guy. Unless it could Giannis... also be Julius Randle. Yeah, Giannis kind of has like a sweet spot for like European. Yeah, I think it's Julius Randle. Okay. And then but... when the starters get in, it's definitely gonna be Lowry. Right. Ooh. Oh yeah. Lori, the marketing. Okay. All star starter. Like, Lori Kyle Lowry's in. <laughs> Interesting. I don't know. People like they like that guy. He's good. I could picture Mark New winning winning a finals or All Star game because of the the shooting and the and the dunking ability. And it, and it's in Utah. They do try to feed the home crowd guy. Yeah. See. Wonder if I can. What the odds are on that? Well, if you're gonna bet, bet at betus.com. Why is that? They had a sponsorship with us for like a hot second. Not anymore, though. You know, <laughs> you don't have to <laughs> plug their shit anymore. <laughs> All right. Any other comments on the All Star festivities? I think we're ready to move past it. Which our main plan for today was to refocus in on the playoffs. Teams have about twenty five games left. Twenty to twenty five games. 
games left. We are 70 to 75% of the way through the NBA season. So what I thought would be fun is to, you know, bring out the ghost of David Stern. Help us fix a few things. Help us, you know, really get the matchups the league wants to see here. So let's start in the Western Conference. In my mind, Denver is the most likely going to hold on to the number one seed. What is our ideal 1-8 playoff matchup? You don't have to use Denver. I will be using Denver. But Aaron, putting you on the spot first, what is your ideal 1-8? I want Denver and Portland. I want Dame's return. Dame's return. I think the Blazers have, have a solid shot, of obviously, being the, um, the 12 seed right now. The 8th seed is in the conversation. Last time, The last time Lillard made the playoffs, the Blazers made the playoffs. Dame dropped 34, and 4 boards, and 10 assists in a 6-game series loss to Denver. I just want to see that matchup again. Nuggets have no one that can guard Dame, and I, I want to see the 50-piece the Dame gives them, and, and probably in another loss, but fighting series. Dylan, what about you? What would be your ideal 1-8 in the West? I want the Nuggets Warriors matchup. Really? Yeah. I mean, two two major reasons, right? I've said before that I think if the Nuggets are going to make a run to this this championship, it'll be, you know, similar to that first Warriors championship where traditional championship formula, which is like you know scoring wings, uh, you know, kind of gets overcome by Steph Curry as a scoring guard, scoring point guards never won championships until Steph Curry did it, and then. When was the last time that a team with a center as their best player won an NBA championship? Like twenty five years exactly. ago. Right. Miami, you know, I guess not in Miami, but uh, um, yeah, yeah. The Lakers and so, so yeah, and so there's that. Um, there's that. I guess significance. Um, but also just I think that the Warriors are still really good. I think that they can make like a really strong playoff run. And normally a one eight matchup is not going to be very competitive. But if we can get the best regular season team up against a team that I think could really push them and actually has pretty good matchups for them. Like, you know, Draymond is probably one of the guys that if you were drafting Jokic defenders would be quite near the top of your list. Um, so I think it could be a really competitive game, which you don't normally get from a 1-8 series. Um, and also that significance of if the Nuggets, who are probably the best team in the West, well, they are the best team in the West, if they're going to make a big run to sort of championship level, then going through the Warriors, I think, is a nice symbolic way to start that. Yeah, I like both of those things, both of those planned series, because it also really touches on one of the weak points. Can they guard a small, fast guard? Like Bruce Brown and Contavious Caldwell-Pope are good guard defenders, but are they elite enough to really chase a Curry or a Lillard? My series was slightly different. Uh, I'm going with the New Orleans Pelicans. I want the Zion versus Jokic playoff series. I think Valanchunas versus Jokic could be a really fun big big matchup i think gordon versus zion um like gordon is probably the best defensive person to stop a zion um and then an ingram versus mpj it's got like a, it's got a lot of fun matchups can we have a shootout game between in cj and jamal murray like it, it just seems like it'd be a really fun series i also don't have a lot of expectations for the the pelicans uh this is probably gonna be a five game series at best maybe a four game series but I think it could be a lot of fun. Definitely super up-tempo. Uh, the Pelicans also have the 28th uh, hardest schedule, so like the fourth easiest schedule left. They're currently sitting at the, the seventh seed, so I think they've got a really good ch chance of holding on and being one of the top teams in the play-in, maybe even moving up. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see where we kind of think that these guys are going to fall, but that was my thought. Mm. I do like the idea of Golden State, 
they're actually my plan for the the two seven matchup where I want that Memphis Golden State matchup. And Memphis has one of the easiest schedules left of the year. They have been really struggling without Stephen Adams, and so maybe their two seed is a little bit up for grabs. But I think Adams comes back after break, easy schedule. They'll probably hold on to it. I don't think we really need to preview too much of what a Warriors. Grizzly series would look like, but it's just explosive. It's fireworks. It's a lot of chirping. Could be a you know seven two upset. That's exactly where I was going. That's where you're going. That's why I saved the way I saved the Golden State for that matchup because that if I had to pick one, that that's it, man. I have to see Golden State Memphis because if Golden State beats them again, I just at that point you never live that down. If if the Grizzlies win nine straight titles, they still would not get over the fact that they lost to Golden State again. Um, after all the 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 talking this year. Draymond's for sure missing one of those games after he punches somebody. John Morant's gonna dunk on someone like crazy. Clay Thompson's gonna have a fifty a fifty point night and just at one point just like sit in the in the Grizzlies bench and just yell at all of them. I have to see it. Have you how much studying have you done on the late well ninety five to like two thousand Knicks versus Heat series? Is brutal. It's like barely barely basketball. <laughs> Three out of the five years they face each other. Guys are suspended for fights. I think that would be what would happen if we started having more of this Memphis Golden State. Dylan Brooks versus Draymond? It's the Charles Oakley versus Valens uh, of Morning. Anthony Mason getting in there? Yeah, Anthony Mason. That's what I was thinking of. So do, do we have any other suggestions for the 2C, for the 2-7? Because I was going to go uh, Grizzlies-Golden State, and I can't see another option. I also want to point out that none of my ideal matchups involve the Lakers, because my ideal matchup is the Lakers miss the playoff. <laughs> That's my ideal world. Nothing is ideal if the Lakers are playing a playoff series. I mean, I was they were sort of like my second pick for both of these these um top two seeds. I was gonna say like in the first one, like if we're really channeling the spirit of David Stern, then it's the Lakers in the in that first round series against the Nuggets. Like, could you imagine the ratings on that on that game? Um, and then also there's like a, kind of a nice symmetry between them and well, I guess not symmetry, but opposing essence between the lakers and the grizzlies you know memphis versus los angeles this team that is just all tryhards against you know the greatest player in nba history arguably and so that that is kind of a nice matchup although i also was thinking like <clears throat> my original pick after wasting the warriors on that on the on the one eight matchup was um the rematch against the timberwolves like even though patrick beverly's not there anymore like that's still a really, I think, an interesting matchup. You get Mike Conley back in Memphis for a playoff series. Like, wouldn't that just be beautiful for Mike Conley to lead a two-seven upset in Memphis? And then also, I think that like Gobert is a pretty reasonable counter to Jazz, just relentless rim attack. And one of the ways that Memphis were able to su- succeed so well last year was by getting on the offensive glass. And like Gobert is a really good defensive rebounder. So are we locking you in for a Minnesota-Memphis, a men versus mem? Lock it in. Exciting. All right. I like that one. Now, here's where things get spicy because we do have Aaron on the pod, a, a true, loyal, dedicated Sacramento Kings fan. And we've gone pretty much chalk here of having the high seeds stay in their positions, but we don't have to. In our 3-6 matchup for an ideal playoffs, Aaron... What is your your projected series? I'll assume you guys are going to 
take the kings out of this because you don't like me but i'll keep them in because they are the three seed right now but i think as it stands with the matchup with dallas right now i think that's the best that's the best series you could have no one's playing defense it's just like 135 to 148 every game and it's luca versus sacramento in this whole thing and Kyrie's involved that'd be a hard series to pass up i mean you know i don't think you want to waste you don't want to waste phoenix on this king's team they should go play someone better, someone more ready for this this uh, this playoff run. But I think that'd be a really fun matchup. All right, guys, go ahead. Hurt my feelings. What's up? <laughs> Saving the Kings for the uh, the tenth seed, tenth seed talks. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna talk on um, the playing game after this. Um, no, that's that's actually a really interesting matchup, and also you get the fact that like the Mavs don't actually have any good matchups for Sabonis and for Fox. Um, I mean, like, is Reggie Bullock going to guard Darren Fox? I think he's too slow for that. We're going to get more Frankie Smokes minutes. Like, Frankie Smokes is going to play 40 minutes a game to try to not make it a 150 game every single game. Like, the offensive firepower would just be off the charts. It would be an absolute shootout. It's way too hipster for, for David Stern. The spirit <laughs> of David yeah. Stern would not, would not have this <laughs> just happen. I, I mean, it would be a fun series. Um, I do think just looking at where they're at relative... This might happen, but it might have Dallas at the three and Sacramento at the six. Dallas has the easiest remaining strength of schedule left. They play the Spurs three times, the uh, Hornets twice, the Pacers twice. They get to play the Lakers twice, which might not actually be as easy anymore. Fingers crossed, hopefully, hopefully. Um, But it's a really easy schedule versus Sacramento, who has a a difficult schedule. If the Kings lose, there's only two two and a half game difference at this moment. Yeah, it's true. If the Kings lose to the Lakers at the end of the season, I am just—you'll never hear from me again. I'm gonna move into the (laughs) Appalachian wilderness, and I'm just gonna die the right way, the way nature intended, out there on my own. They are only six games apart. Yeah, the thing with this Kings team though is every single time I feel like that slump is coming. It's just over. Like here it is. We're gonna drop six games in a row and it's over. They win. Yeah, we've won we've lost three games in a row just one time this season. That's it. That's the that's the only three game losing streak. You have the hardest remaining well, the fourth, <laughs> the fourth hardest, hardest remaining schedule. But at the same time, like you know, the Clippers have the hardest and they're the four seed. So that the, yeah. there are things that play around and other teams have a hard schedule because they play the fucking Kings that are a pretty good team. It's not like we're we're not that good. I mean, we're not the net rating and the advanced stats suggest that we're playing about where we should be yeah and i mean the other thing too is what it, what did nate say there's like what 25 games left in the season yeah like like That's even it. if you go 13 and 12 like you're not gonna fall that far like you've already banked quite a lot of wins feeling pretty good i mean i feel terrified that's not true i feel horrible i don't feel good at all this is like <laughs> this is the most nerve-wracking point i don't even, even want to think about it what what is um what does what 538 project for the kings into season I think about just a sixty percent chance. Let's see, um, forty-three and thirty-nine. Oh, that's a very rough. Um, yeah, no, they hate. They don't. They're not a huge fan. Which would put us into four, five. Is the six nine seed? seed? No. Six oh, are we seed. looking at different? Behind, are we looking at um, or Elo? I'm just looking at projected record. Okay. It'd be behind Denver and Memphis, the Clippers, Dallas, and the Suns, and then Sacramento. Tied with the Warriors, but I guess I don't know. I don't know if the I don't know. I don't know who has the tiebreakers. I'll put you in the sixth seed. Yeah, which is uh, I've just I said this weeks ago. Like I just want to hold the sixth seed. You guys laughed at me because we were in the three seed. But really, like every day that the Kings are the three seed is another day that we're not in the play in. Just one more day. Yeah, I mean, and it's looking almost definite that the streak is going to come to an end. Like the Kings 
Don't say uh, almost definitely gonna miss. Yeah, don't, don't, say that. <laughs> don't, don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> it's almost <laughs> definitely gonna happen. Listen, there are three games out of the play-in, and if they if they fall into the play-in, there's no way we're winning. There's a lot of good teams. No way if we like if this king if this king team makes the play-in, we're losing that game. I'm just I accepted that before the season started. That there's no fucking way that we're pulling that off. Yeah. All right. Hold All the right. three. Light the beam. Okay. Any other suggestions? Dylan, what what you've got for the three six series in the West? Um, yeah, I like I like the chalk matchup. Fine, be like that. I, I, I like the four five chalk as well. Well, I get to do my three six first. <laughs> and I'm, I'm throwing right. chalk out the window. I know Dallas could theoretically move up to the three. I don't trust them to move up to the three. But I hey, if I'm channeling the spirit of David Stern here to kind of pick my playoff matchups, I want Suns Mavs. I want that first round. I want Booker versus Luka again. I want KD versus Kyrie. I want Kyrie versus this, um, Chris Paul. I think this would be a lot of fun. The Mavs do not have much down low. Can we get an eight in series? I think this is how we draw viewership. This is this is the series. As long as this timeline involves the Kings making the playoffs, that's a series I have to see. <laughs> it's actually like a... Um two kind of similar teams where they both pulled off this massive trade to bring in a superstar and now have like four good NBA players. And then to close, like uh, other centers on the floor, like a Christian Wood and DeAndre Aiden just <laughs> right in the bench. Is it Josh Okogie out there against, um, you know, <laughs> I can't even think of a five-man lineup for the Mavs. Terrence Ross for the Suns. He took 16 yeah. shots the other game. Thought I was, I thought I was in hell watching Terrence Ross shoot the ball 16 times. I liked it. I felt like he was aggressive. <laughs> I felt good. But yeah, I mean, you got. I just want to see a fourth quarter with Josh Okoge against Frankie Smokes. God, be a dark place. Dallas at least has his uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., who I swear. Every Tim Hardaway Jr. game I watch is his career high for the or season high this year. Like I've watched eleven Mavs games, and I swear they're the best eleven Tim Hardaway Jr. games. Because they'll be like, "Yeah, he's been in a shooting slump, hasn't hit anything for a week." And I'm like, <laughs> "Oh my god, he hits everything when I watch him." Uh, so Dallas, pay me to watch your games, and you know maybe maybe it'll go better. But you know they could go Kyrie, Luca, Reggie Bullock, Josh Green. Got to give me some Josh Green, and hopefully Maxi Kleber will be back. I think that'd be the squad. Yeah, Mexico would actually be a good a good matchup. All right, that leaves us the four or five. I take it since you gentlemen stuck with Sac Dallas, uh, you guys are both taking the chalk of Clippers Suns. Do you want to at least flip flop them and say one's going to be the four as opposed to the five? No, I don't, Nathan. <laughs> Fine. Dylan's Clippers fandom really comes through, but there. But Kawhi versus KD, Paul George versus Booker. Chris Paul versus the Clippers. Beautiful. Like the the team that, you know, was supposed to have the best depth of all time and then made a trade at the deadline to get even better rotation-wise against a team that's got four good players and then is starting Josh Okogie. Like, it's 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 a beautiful matchup. You say Two Josh fairly Kogi big market teams. Killed the king. Suns just played the king. Josh Okogie destroyed us. That's why I keep bringing him up because I was so amazed that he was like playing quality minutes. He's good. He's a great like player, think, man. Just, yeah. The only game I watched of him, he had like 16 points and was like playing really good defense. I'm like, man, you can just pull these guys out of nowhere. We brought him up earlier this season because uh, him and Jarrett Culver were having like moments. And yeah. I forget which draft Jared they Culver's were in. kind of similar. Yeah, they were really similar. 
And we were like, man, this is great. These guys coming out of nowhere, having this like moment, these you know lottery draft picks that we thought were going to wash out of the league are, are making it in. We were half right. Akogi's still doing it. Culver's, Culver's back out of the league, but, you know, half right. It counts. All right. Do you have a four or five matchup, Nate? Yeah, but I want to change my three six. Go ahead. <laughs> I want to change my three six to be my four five. What was your three six? It's getting confusing. My, my three six was my was Suns Mavs. I'm okay. I'm dropping them down. Okay. Uh, I think I am going to still keep the Suns on top, but they do have a tough remaining schedule, and and I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to kick the Kings out of the playoffs. I'm yeah. going Lakers Clippers. It's a great matchup. It's something I want to see, but that's disgusting. Yeah. I mean, it's insane that there's never been a Lakers-Clippers playoff matchup. This is like the, the year Lakers, for it. Is, it. is it, though? The Clippers still make the playoffs that often. <laughs> <laughs> they made the playoffs for, like, the last... <laughs> yeah, okay, what, yeah, but the Lakers years? were good, yeah. That's, that, that's yeah. true. But historically, historically. Yeah. I mean, it's really hard to actually line these things up. But it feels like if I'm channeling David Stern's energy, this is going to be the greatest... Market most marketable series in NBA history. You've got the Kawhi and Paul George versus LeBron and AD. It's both in LA. Yeah, yeah. And if it fails, we we can slot Sacramento back into this. You know, keep it in California. Lakers the so just throw just just throwing out there. I don't know the weird weird thirteenth seed problems you keep mentioning to be. (laughs) They're three and a half games back of the sixth seed. Yeah, okay, but that's three and a half games back. They have to win. They're four and six. All right, we'll leave the Laker Kings uh, bitterness out of it. Even Terrence Mann versus D'Angelo Russell would be a really good battle because, like, D'Lo would guard Mann and Mann would attack him and then Mann would guard D'Lo as well. And, like, those two guys are, like, two guys that low-key talk a lot of shit. And I think that that would become, like, a big, like, NBA nerd rivalry, Terrence Mann versus D'Angelo Russell. Can we take a guess just one... Per conference, just one random player rivalry rivalry that's gonna spark in this playoffs. Where it's like, whoa, like Chris Paul and then uh and um we think of somebody and uh Jesus. Give me a give me a random player in the West. Yeah, Chris Paul fighting Jesus. <laughs> there you go. The point god versus the son of God. I, I do like this. I feel like Tory Craig's gonna get in something with someone. I don't know who it is. But I feel like he needs to ingratiate himself to the team, and there's no better way than to, like force your teammates to be on your side by fighting. Like maybe second round, it's him versus Dylan Brooks, and now he's like, "Yeah, my boy's got my back. I'm getting a new contract, right?" We're gonna come back on this pod and be like, "Did you see when Andrew Wiggins punched Jeff Green in the face? He just went <laughs> up there and just punched him, man. Like I didn't see that coming." Jeff Green balled out oh, lately. I forget what game that was. As I was watching, uh, was it them versus Dallas that he all of a sudden set his like season high and probably like last five year high? Yeah, it was Dallas. He's breaking out, man. It's his breakout year. It's finally time. All aboard the Jeff Green hype train. If you do get a Sacramento Dallas game, Sabonis is gonna eat. Like Good Thomas Bryant went to work against against Dallas, and they, and they just don't have a big that was physical enough to stop Thomas Bryant. So if you guys match, see them in the playoffs, like that is a an easy series for Sabonis. Yeah, for Sabonis, but I mean, he still has his thumb is just broken. He's been he's been slowing down in the past. Like his numbers aren't I like. I think he bonkers, doesn't use his right hand ever. Has, <laughs> there you go. It's just point. so lucky. <laughs> <laughs> it's he doesn't block shots at the either hand, so that doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> doesn't shoot with his right hands, so that doesn't matter. Just... Passing. Yeah, I mean, he can still hand the ball to Herder. 
Yeah. It's just, you, you could just stand there and just kind of yeah. land off. I think it works. Are we all good all out right. west? I think we're all good out west. What about in the east where Boston has a half game lead over Milwaukee? What is your ideal 1-8 matchup? And I will say, just looking at Tankathon's projections, Boston has the 10th hardest strength of schedule. And Milwaukee has the 11th hardest strength of schedule. So I'll let you decide where you want to put which teams. I want every team to play the Heat. If you want to make the playoffs, yeah. <laughs> you just have to go through the Heat. I I, I don't want to waste my Heat pick quite yet. Me um, too. I'm think I'm thinking the same. Like, there's not really a good matchup that I want against Boston, but I really want the Bucks Heat in two seven. I want Sixers Heat six or two seven <laughs> or whatever it boils down to. I, I I know we're skipping over the Celtics a little bit, but yeah, I have to, okay, I have to all see. around all right, this. All right, all right, all right, all right. Fuck it. I've I've got a Celtics one. Um, Boston okay. versus Boston versus New York. Someone okay. has to play them. None of the series is going to be good. Let's just bring back the rivalry. I'll submit mine. Uh, Boston and the Wizards. And then we can just get it over with. <laughs> just... just a quick four-game series to get <laughs> it over with. That's my submission, is we can just move on to the next round. <laughs> so I want things to kind of go wrong in Brooklyn. And I, I want a Boston-Brooklyn. I'll take second round for this, if it could happen. I don't think it could happen in the second round. Just because I don't think Brooklyn makes it to the second round. But... I want to see the insane wing core of Brooklyn, the Mikhail Bridges, the Dorian Finney-Smith. Yeah, I want to see Boston try to go up against this this incredibly formidable wing core. Okay, good picks there. Yeah, the Knicks are just so high up in the standings, though. Like, they're so far from the eighth seed at the moment. Yeah. Like, (laughs) Brooklyn's going to hold a top six seed. They're seven and a half games back. I just need them to fall down to the seventh and then lose a lose a playing game. So like if Miami rises and the Knicks can hold on, like it's achievable. Yeah, I just gotta put a finger on scale a little bit. So wait, what were your series again so I can write them down? Boston Washington? That's my pick. I'm I'm saving a lot of the other teams. I have better I have better uh better picks in the waiting, in the wings. Similar to what Nate was saying about Brooklyn, maybe like a Boston Toronto. I kind of like you know, that. This, this, this whole five-man wing lineup that hasn't worked all season, well, you're not playing like really good star wings every game. You don't really need that every game, but against Boston, then it's really useful. So are you switching your pick? Are you going Toronto as opposed to the Knicks? Uh, no, because I don't think the Knicks can fall out of the playoffs, and I don't want them anywhere else. You little faith. This is the <laughs> thing about the play-in. Anybody can fall out of the playoffs. Yeah. That's a good Literally. point. They're, 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 yeah, one and a half games out of the seven, and then... They've got to play two pl- playing games. Yeah, they're a half game out of the seven. They oh yeah, half game out of the seven. He yeah. could win one game. Yeah, but then they're in the seven, and then Trey Young gets hot, and boom, they're out. All right, we'll do it. Toronto versus Boston. Hell yeah! The the rookie coach against like the veteran coach, the guy that's like stealing Nick Nurse's best coach in the league title, while Nick Nurse sort of flounders to try to figure out how to make his team do anything good. So glad I can kind of talk you into things. It's going to be a spicier conference over here. OG versus Tatum is a nice matchup too. So that gives us the seven. I want seven. Bucks, Nets. Um, a team with only wings versus a team with no wings. And you just see what happens. Can any of them guard Giannis? No, but maybe three of them can at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> if they form a circle, they might be able to. Although, you know, Nick Claxton, he's not the Giannis stopper, but he can defend the room really well, and they have this great perimeter defense. And Milwaukee, I mean, they're, they are they added Jay Crowder, but they're small forwards like Pat Connington and what's left of Chris Middleton, and I'm not sure how healthy he is, and it could be a fun matchup. And Jingles. Okay, yeah, but he's like 6,000 years old. J- hey, Jingles still got game. 
Absolutely, but against the the Mikhail Bridges and the uh, Cam Johnsons of the like, I, mean, I think he plays most. I mean, and Jingles plays a lot of power forward for them too. That's just because Portis has been hurt right now. I think once Portis gets back, we'll probably see him do more at the the three. Mm-hmm. That's my that's my nomination. I, I want to see Milwaukee Toronto again. My my ideal matchup here is that Toronto fights their way up into the eight and then beats Brooklyn in the seven eight of the play in, so that way they can get get the two seed. And yeah. maybe you can just flip it. Maybe Milwaukee wins. Maybe Milwaukee gets the one seed. And we get the Milwaukee Raptor or Milwaukee Toronto game. Yeah. And, uh, get the, nuts. The, the play makes all the sort of hijinks a lot more possible because it sounds like mm-hmm. really difficult for you to get like a two seven matchup with the ten seed, but ten is only one game out of eight, and then once you're eight, then it's it gets a lot easier to get to seven. And with the Raptors bringing in Podal, Purtle? Yeah, Purtle. Um you know, they, they have a nice size, this guy now. Now they can actually do a more traditional lineup and match up, up you know, him versus Brooke and have him come over to bring help. You put Pascal out there against Giannis, which is a nice his size to size. And then they can actually really go big and have OG and and Barnes out there with Fred Van Vliet. Like, that, that's a good size lineup. What was your nomination, Dylan? Just recapping real quick. Uh, Bucks Heat. Bucks Heat. Bam versus Giannis, I think, is the ideal matchup. Um, you get that. Was it a conference finals they played not so long ago? I mean, they played each other quite a few times. The Heat embarrassed them, and then win the title, the Bucks ran through them again, and animosity. Be- he beat them in the bubble. That was it. It's like the, the the that was the whole narrative that like the Bucks like mentally weak people. They couldn't handle the bubble life. <laughs> All right, for the three six. I have to see Philadelphia in the Heat. And I, I mentioned this earlier, but I need this. The, a team in the Heat that insistently like turns it on in the playoffs, plays smart basketball, versus a team that consistently crumbles at the worst times, but is way more talented. It, it's just, it, I, it's a beautiful matchup. Bede's gonna, he's gonna like fracture or like, sprain a finger. Butler's gonna have a weird 45 point game. Harden's gonna have a 15 turnover game. It, it, it'll be awesome. I've been really trying to figure out what I want to do with Miami for this, this mock thing. But I think that's probably the right move is to have Miami play Philly and get to see the, t- you know, two great centers play each other in Adebayo and Embiid. You can see Jimmy Butler go up against, against the team that gave up on him and get his wrath and vengeance. That'd be that'd be a David Stern type move. I do think that Philadelphia has a really tough upcoming schedule. Let me see where it was. Yeah, they have the hardest remaining strength of schedule, so I'm not sure they hold on to the three. And there's been a lot of talk of them in Cleveland flip-flopping. Uh, I think that's actually what I'm going to do, is I'm going to say that Cleveland flip-flops uh, takes the three, and just because I already have Brooklyn falling, I think most realistically, I have to keep the Knicks here. I don't think, eh, fuck it, we're going to say the Knicks fall out too, uh, and Atlanta moves in. I want this to, I want to, I want to Cavs, Hawk series for my my three six. If I'm putting my finger on the scale here, I think Donovan Mitchell versus Trey Young could be a lot of electric scoring. Hey, they got Sadiq Bay at the deadline. He dropped fifty last year. This could be just you know a huge scoring series. Uh, lots of threes being chucked up um, because you know Cleveland's going to prowl that paint really well. So probably probably the worst series in the East, but got to get the Cavs to the second round and I think this is the way to do it. Was it the Sixers that the Heat massively upset? Sorry, not the Heat, the Hawks. Was that the Ben Simmons passing up the open layup series? Yeah. Maybe we could get that again. 
And Ben Simmons is off the team, but like the Sixers can get a little bit of revenge, maybe. Um, Trey Young had like his only good playoff run against the Sixers. Well, revenge. They beat him again. I don't trust this Philadelphia team. I, I, I don't know. I just don't. They're so talented, but like, all right, playoff time. James Harden and Joel Embiid. Let's win four straight rounds. I don't, like, I just don't know. I don't know the plausibility of that. They, they, they got Doc Rivers making all the right adjustments as well. That, that was my other idea is Doc versus Thibs, and both of them are just like making no adjustments as <laughs> both of their teams just struggle to do anything. Mantras, Harrell, and RJ Barrett play uh, 80 minutes combined. Yeah. That screams being the League Pass series. I was doing some research on Elton Brand for Aaron and I's upcoming Top 50 Power Forwards podcast. Uh, one, I think Elton Brand is going to make it. Two, one of the most recent Elton Brand articles was about Gilbert Arenas telling him, not to hire that fucking bum Doc Rivers because he can't make adjustments until he got superstars. Then he's coasted off of that the whole time. And I was like, man, Gilbert Arenas came in with some scorchers. It's almost the opposite of that for Doc. Like he can only make matchups and coach well until he's got superstars. Like if you ever catch a Sixers game where Embiid and Harden are both out, like they're fucking awesome. Like Doc is making great, great moves. It's just once he gets those stars, then he's like, yeah, all right. They'll, they'll do something. We have to talk to Furkan Korkmaz about that because he keeps demanding trades to try to get out of there. You requested a trade and they just didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, they're like, that's like the 15th guy in the roster and they were just like, we're keeping you. I, I was shocked that they didn't get just cash for him or something or whatever was possible. But oh, I'm sure they would have loved sh- to because he makes like $5 million in there like in the tax. Like I'm sure they would have loved to save Furkan Korkmaz's salary, but no one was willing to take him. When I saw they were getting McDaniels, I was like, oh, does this mean Korkmaz is going? Because, you know, Woj was just like tweeting out, hey, this guy goes to this team and not quite, here's the whole intricacies of the deals. And then I was like, oh, no, Korkmaz is still there. Well, that's um, disappointing. I just want to say that I don't know if this is possible because the Knicks are the sixth seed and the Hawks are the eighth seed. But if I could pick one out of anything we've mentioned, that's the series I want to see. The energy when the Knicks played the Hawks last time was insane and they lost that series in five games and the fuck trey young chance and all of that and now i think this next team is actually built to beat that team and they would beat that team and you'd have to clear the rubble off of uh madison square garden to to find those players after that the fans bring that place down it'd be awesome i don't think it's possible yeah but wouldn't it be cool though <laughs> it would be great maybe it would be great but you maybe, would you would need like the Knicks great, to get up to the four yeah maybe it's like a great playing game matchup Ah, oh, that there you oh, go. Yeah. That, that, just just they, they one fall. absolutely bloody Whoa, game. Oh man, that'd be awesome. Ben's just gonna be Bulls Wizards. <laughs> you're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna like it. <laughs> Any uh, shot that the Pacers turn this around? Like, are, are we just out? No way. I think the Pacers are kind of out. Okay, just check. I mean, Halliburton's back, and then you know they slid without him, but you know they're still sliding. But it, it, yeah. It, I'm guessing the Bulls fall past them, and so they'll probably be the 11th seed, and who knows at that point. I mean, if you really want to say it, it's not inconceivable that Orlando gets to the 10. I mean, I don't think they want to get to the 10, but it could be really funny if they got to the 10 and they got to play (laughs) some of these play-in games. They, like, got to the 10 against their will. Yeah. Like, coaches like, are the Pacers so bad? Yeah, the coaches out there like, fuck, fuck, what can I do to lose this game? Where's Bol Bol when I do? <laughs> Always, can I play Mo Bamba at the three? Fuck, no, he's traded. How can I lose this game? The Magic have, I think, like, 19 and 15 in their last, uh, however many games that is. Uh, 
I might just be making that number up. That number seems right. They started at 5 and 20, but have been kind of good since then. The Magic are like, how, how, can, how can we lose some games? Jonathan Isaac's been really good. Okay, let's um let's give him a press conference. Maybe he'll get suspended for something. They can't lose. Marco Fultz is playing well. Like, everything's going right. That's a good thing. It's good to have these kind of weird things. Yeah. Also, I just had to look it up because you said Jonathan Isaac. I was like, is he playing good? No, he's not playing good. Is he playing, though? Because that's that's playing good. He, he's Isaac played 10 game. games. That's uh, he's 10 minutes a night, basically four and a half points. Um, some some wild shooting nights. It's here. Like, goes four, five, one night, goes one or two for 11 in the next three nights combined. Ooh, his last four games, he is two for 16. Rough day, but I think we still have our four fives. I've exhausted all my options. I think I just have Cavs, Cavs, uh, Knicks. I guess Cavs, Knicks. That's that's my dream matchup. <laughs> Cavs, Knicks. <laughs> that's all I have. That's all I want. You fixed the standings, and we managed to get. Well, there's just there's this two and a half game gap between the Nets and the Cavs, and the Nets aren't gonna go up, so that goes to a four and a half game gap to the Knicks, and so those top four seeds are kind of locked in. So like, okay, who's gonna grab the five seed? I use I guess I didn't use Atlanta, but it's the Knicks or, or Miami. Well, you already used Miami. They're they're near Miami, so it's the Knicks. Uh, and you could you could flip flop things around here. You could throw the 76ers and Heat down to the four five matchup. That gives you a little bit more versatility for your your calves. My brain can't comprehend moving these guys around like that. <laughs> I gotta I gotta way too early to start moving teams around in my head. It's like four o'clock. I got up at five. Oh my gosh! Excuses, excuses. <laughs> all right, so you're going Cavs, Knicks, which means you think the Nets are gonna fall all the way out of the playoffs, or you're you're kicking the Nets out of the playoffs in your your mock playoffs. I don't think the Nets are going to hold on into the playoffs. I mean, I mean, that is, I don't know. Yeah, they're falling out of it. They traded their best players. They have good players, but final answer. Okay. Dylan? Yeah, I've got the surprisingly interesting chalk matchup of Cavs-Nets. Um, and I think that is one that could actually have a realistic chance at an upset. Because you've got, like, the two sort of ball-dominant scoring guards who do their best stuff one-on-one. And then you've got this team with, like, a whole bunch of really good one-on-one defenders and if they go to like an all-wing lineup plus Claxton that's like really hard to score against um but also enables you to play four out and so maybe like that could even play like you know maybe play Jared Allen off the floor and then all of a sudden scoring gets a lot easier as well um and you know they're relying on like Chidi Osman or Isaac Okoro or something um so I think there's a way that they could make this ugly and possibly even get an upset it's a truly terrible matchup for both teams. <laughs> like the Nets have all of the wings and the Cavs have these two fantastic guards and then big men. And like, I don't entirely love Nick Claxton trying to stop Jared Allen on the lob. Like he's a good defensive player, but I feel like he's better against guys who you're not just trying to throw the ball high to. Like he's, you know, can protect the rim. He's got good quick hands and quick feet. Like, I'd much rather have him try to guard someone who's trying to do like a post-up game, like a, a Sabonis. He'd, he'd be great against the Sabonis. You can you can switch, and if like your best play is like Jared Allen trying to post up Dorian Finney-Smith, like I think you'll take that as as the yeah. Nets. And and so when you when you've got Claxton, like you can just switch like two through five. Yeah, and that's that's the thing is like the Cleveland guards now have to go up against these big wings which they don't necessarily want to do, but they also don't necessarily want to feed their bigs. It, I, I think that could be a lot of fun. That's probably the best 
Cavs possibility. Um, mm. If I and, if I didn't yeah. waste the Nets on Boston, which I I want to see that series more. Yeah, and and then also you've got like everyone on the Nets can shoot except Claxton and Ben Simmons, who you don't have to play. And then you you know go against that with the Cavs, who play two big men and two small guards and have no wing defenders. Like that 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 could be a easy way for the Nets to generate offense too, which is probably the biggest issue at the moment is that their best lead creator is Spencer Dinwiddie. But if everyone can just hit spot up threes because you're shooting over a guy that's you know six inches shorter than you, or that you're not being guarded because you're going up against two big men, then you know that's a way to generate offense as well. Karis yeah. Levert is having nightmares about this conversation. She's like the <laughs> one wing in Cleveland. It's like, no. I do want to mention, though, um, that when La- the only time Sabonis matched up against Claxton this year, he, uh, in 27 minutes, dropped 17 points, 7 boards, 7 assists on 6 to 6 shooting, and it was plus 44, and then just yanked him. Okay, so, so maybe he wouldn't be better against the Sabonis <laughs> type. <laughs> no, that's just, much he just wasn't, he just wasn't strong enough. He wasn't strong enough. Yeah. He's, he's too skinny. He defends very well, but against like pure post ups, where it's just like you and a dude that's way bigger and stronger, he didn't handle it well. Yeah. That's fair. Ben Simmons might be a better Sabonis matchup. That, he's at least I like a similar size. I mean, next game's <laughs> finals, and let me, let me see Ben Simmons play. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that does leave me with the, the uh, 76ers heat in my 4 5, which. It's a good matchup. It's a good matchup. I'm really bummed. Um, probably the most notable news of the week, uh, because we did trade deadline last week. Uh, so the most notable transit transaction was Kevin Love going to the Miami Heat. Uh, he signed there today. And it's just, I think it's fine. I'm actually really disappointed that he didn't go sign somewhere that, that seems more of like a title favorite or a you know more of a contender. So I think the Heat... If the Heat make the second round, that's a success for them this year. But he fits so perfectly in their their lineup as that stretch four between Bam and Jimmy that I I think he's going to be a really big impact. And someone someone commented on one of my videos calling him mid, which I think is fair. He's not a great player anymore. But if you can get mid-level performance for minimum contracts... That is a steal. The Heat are going to turn him into a 2014 Kevin Love. He's going to add 30 yeah, pounds of muscle, 40% from deep, 15 boards. He's going to be moving his feet like in the 2016 finals. Yeah, I, I mean, he's he's definitely going to have like a 2020 game in the playoffs on like six of eight shooting. Like there's going to be one game where he just has an impact. And maybe yeah. like there are certain matchups where he can't really play that much, but like Kevin Love is, is I feel like he's good for one big playoff game. That's the point of the buyout. And that, that's the value of a buyout guy. It's like, can this guy give us one game? It's one game where you you make a difference and it's worth it's worth all the money. Yeah. And I do think there was some talk of Patrick Beverly going back to Minnesota. I meant to say that back when, and Dylan, you were pitching the Minnesota trade so, or the Minnesota-Memphis matchup. Maybe he ends up back there when now that he's bought out. We also had Danny Green go sign with the... Cl- I mean, ah, Danny Green go sign with the Cavs. We've had Reggie Jackson go sign with Denver. A lot of these teams, there's some help on the way. Do you, do any of you have any predictions on where Westbrook might end up or where you want to see Westbrook end up? i give you where I don't want to see him end up. <laughs> I want to see him end up on the couch. <laughs> I, I know the All-Star break is happening and teams are waiting until that's done to, to really think about this, but mostly if Kevin Love got dropped and then just, then just snatched up, 
the All-Star break isn't stopping players from getting signed. And I don't know where that spot is. I feel like Clippers management's just going to kick it down the road until it's just, hey, it's a playoffs. So they're not going to add him. Sorry, guys. Whoops, didn't submit the paperwork in time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think Chicago is like the last spot. It's just a shitty team with no point guard. It's perfect. You don't think he goes back to Washington? Really helps them make the the playoffs? I don't want to talk about it. That would be your reason for getting them into the eighth seed? Is that they survive on the Westbrook yeah. minutes? There you go. Although, I, you know, part of me is interested in the in the Clippers winning a championship with Westbrook as their starting point guard. No, no. He just takes the Bones Highland minutes. Because Bones... Yeah. That's the other thing is like the Clippers already have eleven rotation players. Like, what? what the, where is Westbrook going to play? He he takes bones to his fifteen minutes yeah, tonight. Play at the YMCA. He's not fucking playing in the <laughs> NBA anymore. <laughs> uh, the Agua Caliente Clippers. <laughs> there you go. Uh, right. Well, any final takes, Shulman? Lakers will not make the playoffs. It's not even they're not even a, not even like a play-in bounce. Like they're just going to be like the eleven seed. Yeah, I mean. LeBron, you know, getting the scoring record and then breaking his foot is kind of very LeBron thing to do. Hurtful? Hurtful. <laughs> I'm sorry. <I> just <laughs> You have seen yeah. me coming in here and shitting on your teams? Yeah, but it's 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 implied. Your presence is implied that the Kings are that you're upset about what's going on in Sacramento. I actually I actually did kick the Kings out of the playoffs, so maybe That's I true. did come in here and shit on your teams. <laughs> he dropped them from three to ten. <laughs> That's just Three to seven a, and they'll lose him in the play-in? This is slight. Right now, <laughs> 538 has the Lakers at a 33% chance to make the playoffs. I like right those odds. They got to be the between, best we've had all year. I don't know if that's true. Between the, I'll check, between the Jazz and the Wizards. Now, the best they had was right after all their trades, and then they just lost a bunch of games, and then that's yeah. the work again. So. Doing the trades and then having LeBron sit out was really just poor timing. Yeah, he hurt his foot. I mean, that, that was just, I don't know. Bron's getting injured, man. That's that's a scary. It's a scary thing for basketball. It's like age finally is like kind of showing. Well, well, Aaron, where can they find you? Basketball chairs on TikTok. Basketball videos. D- Dylan, have we found a new place to find you? Nah, maybe I should think of something funny for next time. You should just make an Instagram and just send people to a blank page. It's yeah, just like, maybe. hey guys, did you listen <laughs> to the podcast? <laughs> it's I'll, I'll I'll give them an Instagram handle, but it's private, so they can't follow it anyway. Do you want to think of a joke? I could edit it. I can edit a joke here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the floor is yours. Hoopstimple at gmail.com. Send me a well-written email. Do you have the password to that account? I feel like I Maybe. gave you guys the password at one point. Yeah, I feel like I do. Nate switches that email for sketchy shit. Oh man, I gotta check check some stuff. (laughs) I log in and Nate's just got like 100 OnlyFans subscriptions linked to our um, podcast Gmail. That's how he hides it from the wife. Oh, I thought thought you meant my OnlyFans. That's what I've been using for. Uh, You can find us all here at the Hoops Temple Podcast. You also find me on TikTok at Hoops Temple or Low Initiative because I do a DD podcast too. Go check that out. Hope you guys enjoyed All Star Break. Nate, what is what time zone are you in? Eastern. How long is it until seven thirty? Uh, hour and fifteen. Okay, that's when the um, all star draft happens. If we want to have like a relatively short oh, pod cool. today.
Oh yeah. Can we right. can we can we watch that live? Can we like live reaction of the? Eh, Woj is gonna you know tip it beforehand. <laughs> really. I can't imagine the guys are out there. They're like, uh, I'm gonna take, and then Woj is like, he's leaning towards taking James Harden. James Harden. <laughs> he's strongly um. Set strongly considering. The rent. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I took pick the two guys that are definitely not going to get chosen. They were just the first ones that came to my head. The one's injured and the other isn't in the All-Star game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 